Morning, TRX. Can you hear me back there? Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. I'm nervous. <laughs> this is a Faith Over Fear series, so here I am. Okay. Anyway, good morning again. The last time I was up here was uh, last week, giving announcements. Yeah. And the last time I was up here sharing a sermon was actually about nine years ago, uh, when, my, when I was pregnant with my oldest. So uh, yeah, it's been a while. So please join me in prayer. Dear God, there's no doubt that you meant for each of us to be here listening today. As we wrap up our ministry year theme of Faith Over Fear, we thank you for this space, and we ask that you would speak through me to move us away from our fears and into a life of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So the last time I prepared a sermon was about nine years ago, and uh, back then I was on staff at GRX. How many of you were there during that time? Yeah! Pretty much all of KidZone, right? (laughs) Um, I was on staff. Uh, as uh, the Kids Zone director, and then I started working with community services and uh, justice ministries. I see my volunteers out there that were with me. It was an exciting time. Um, and before that, I actually started my career as a public school teacher, and I'm currently back in education. But be- between then and now, I spent a segment of my time right here. Uh, long story short, wasn't in my plans, wasn't knocking on the door to work here, but a door opened and I stepped in faith. It was a step of faith over fear. And as I moved away from working here, I knew that Jen Chang, who usually sits right there, but I see her family all around, um, I knew that Jen Chang would be the perfect person to lead kids down to the next level. She had just given birth to Rai when I first met her, and um, she was a woman who practiced faith over fear. She started off as a volunteer, a mama of three, um, and practiced faith over fear by creating the power play curriculum when I asked her to. It was the first time in my life that I saw um, newborn babies learning about God through sign language and movement and music and play. I was so blown away by her. Jen Chang demonstrated faith over fear by joining our staff part-time, and she stepped out in faith over fear when she took on the official role of the Kids Zone director, which um, she still does to this very day. And those of you who know Jen, you guys know what a creative genius she is and how much she loves God and loves people. When I look at Jen, I see someone who understands God's purpose in her life, who lives in the power of God, and who partners with those around her to make amazing things happen. So as I transitioned out of my kid's own role, that was about the same time I got to finally experience the miracle of pregnancy and I got to become a mom to my oldest and then my middle and then my youngest. This month, we're wrapping up our ministry year of faith over fear. And how many of you were with me last year at the retreat when I was moderating? The comedian came out of me. (laughs) Well, if you were with me, if you weren't, just to let you know, we had um, this running joke that I had some serious FOMO issues. Thank you to my to the friends who taught me what FOMO was. FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. This is true. Justin and I both have FOMO. We just want to, you know, experience everything. Well, one of my greatest FOMOs during my time on staff here was my FOMO-OMO. FOMO-OMO, which to me was fear of missing out on motherhood. 
I longed to have children. I really wanted to have kids of my own, and I actually really liked kids too, but it wasn't happening according to my schedule. The few years that I spent working here was the time I really wanted to become a mom. Looking back, perhaps God pressed pause on the fertility button so I could really invest my whole self to KidZone and my work here. Or maybe not. I'll never really know. But what I do know is that for each of my pregnancies, God brought me through a journey of feeling like I was walking in the desert, getting me to a place where I really learned to let go and surrender to God so I could have genuine peace no matter what. Whether he allowed me to have kids or not, I could struggle with my desire and still be at peace, even though it was still hard for me to wait and wait and wait. How about you? What are you waiting for? And what are you afraid of? And what desert experience is God bringing you through this very moment? Don't think that your desert experience is insignificant in light of others. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 16. It says in Psalm 139, verse 13, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 16, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God knows you, the core of your DNA. He knows everything about you, your desires, your needs, your struggles too. Uh, Before you were even born, God knit you together in your mother's womb. God has a purpose for you. Are you living in that purpose? Today we'll be examining the book of Exodus, chapters 3 to 4. It's a really long passage, so Scott asked me to kind of pick and choose the main points. We'll kind of be skipping around here and there, but the book of Exodus, chapters 3 to 4. We'll see that not only did Moses have a purpose, Moses had the power of God on his side, and God gave Moses the resources and partners he would need to step out in faith over fear. So let's start with Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. So here we have Moses living the life of a shepherd in the desert. He's alive. And he was supposed to have died already by then, twice. At birth, he was supposed to have died when Pharaoh ordered all Hebrew infant boys to be tossed into the Nile River. But thanks to the wisdom of his mom and his sister, not only did Moses live, he was adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter. And so Moses grows up, ethnically an Israelite, but the adopted son of an Egyptian princess. Then he witnesses an Egyptian beating an Israelite, his own people. And Moses retaliates. He sees with his own eyes the injustices of the Israelites living a life of slavery. So he retaliates by murdering the Egyptian. And when Pharaoh hears what happens, he tries to kill Moses. So Moses Moses flees. He flees for his life. He lives a second time. And he finds himself in Midian, starting a new life with Jethro's daughter and living the life of a shepherd in the desert. 
Now, of course, later we find out that this desert time was actually preparing Moses for a greater desert experience with the Israelites. God had a purpose for Moses. Let's go on with verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. So here God uses an ordinary object, a bush, to speak to Moses. It reminds me that when you feel God urging you to do something, the prompting of God can come to you in an ordinary way. It can come through a song, a thought, another person. It may come to you in an ordinary way, but it will move you in a powerful way. God can speak to you through any means. So we see God speaking here to Moses through a burning bush, and we're going to skip on to verse 7. In verse 7 it reads, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt." Now, that's a tall order. (laughs) Imagine what could have been going on in Moses' mind. Here he is, born a Hebrew, adopted by an Egyptian, living in exile with the Midianites. Who who is he to talk to Pharaoh and lead the people out of Egypt? Why would the Hebrew nation listen to him? He was adopted by the Egyptians, and why would the Egyptians listen to him? He murdered an Egyptian and ran away. Any natural response would be, not me. No way am I getting myself into this. But I also wonder if there was a part of Moses that kind of knew that this was his purpose in life. I mean, he had already seen with his own eyes the injustices of slavery on his people. But as we continue reading, we'll see that fear stood in the way. I wonder what God is calling each of us to do today and what fears What fears are standing in the way of us saying yes to him? What's the burning bush in your life this very moment? What question is God asking you to do? If you're not sure, it's the one question that makes you automatically respond with, no way, not me. I'm not getting myself into this. That's exactly what I said when Scott asked me to do this. That was my first response. (laughs) But I felt a tug and then the supporter of my husband, just do it. What's the worst that could happen, right? (laughs) It's the same. I feel like when you get that tug, what's the worst that could happen if you say yes? What's the worst that could happen? What is God asking you to do? Perhaps simply releasing your fears and worries to God so that there is room for him to work his power in you. Or perhaps saying yes to a a task that seems impossible or, or uncomfortable. Just like Moses, our human response is naturally, no way, not me. But let's see how God responds to Moses when he says, no way, not me. In verse 11, 
But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But God protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. God gives Moses the solid proof he needs to convince the Israelites that God sent Moses to deliver God's people. God unveils the power of God. He is because he is. God is, I am. And not only does God start with his identity as a powerful God, he goes on to prove it through the action of miracles. Verse 19, we see in verse 19, God speaks. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. God establishes a purpose in Moses' life, and the power of God is upon him. But still, Moses protests. His inability to speak well stands in the way of Moses saying yes to God. We're going to jump over to Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 to hear what Moses says. Moses speaks, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. In studying for this sermon, this was really my my favorite part of the passage, because it shows that Moses could not speak well. It reminds me that a person's disability cannot stand in the way of God's purpose for that person. It gives hope to everybody, no matter what your fear what your concern, what your disability, what your inadequacy, God has a purpose for you and will give you the power and resources you need to live in faith, not fear. God will even provide you with a community of people to support you. For Moses, God gives him a partner, his brother Aaron. As we read on in verse 13, we'll see that the Lord becomes angry, but it's not a punishing kind of anger. It's more like When a parent is asking a child to do something knowing it's good for the child, and the child keeps saying, no, 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 the parent's thinking, come on now, you were created to do this. I've got your back. You're still saying no? That's what we hear here in verse 13. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. 
All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Finally, God addresses all of Moses' fears. His fear of being accepted by the Israelites, God tells him to say that I am has sent you and gives the Israelites full proof that Moses was sent by God. His fear of Pharaoh, God gives him an arsenal of miracles to use. The power of God is surely on Moses' side. And his fear of his inability to speak well. God gives him a partner and mouthpiece, his brother Aaron. God gives both Moses and Aaron the words to speak. And even his shepherd's staff, reminding Moses of God's miraculous powers. Again, an ordinary object turned extraordinary through God's power. God provides everything Moses needs to step out in faith over fear. And guess what? God does the same for us too. It was exactly 11 years ago from today, in August of 2006, that Justin and I joined a group of GRXers traveling to Kenya. In fact, on our way to Kenya, we celebrated our two-year wedding anniversary with a stop at London Heathrow. And tomorrow we celebrate 13 years of marriage. (laughs) So I have a picture here. Um, I guess it's on this side. During our week in Kenya, we got to visit an orphanage. And I remember the exact thought I had in my mind as I was holding these babies. Um, I was thinking in my mind, I can't wait to have kids of my own, and that by this time next year, I'd be a mama to our firstborn. (laughs) Well, the journey to motherhood was neither instant nor quick. From then to now, I've gotten to know a bunch of women with similar and different journeys. Some were able to get pregnant instantly. Some had to wait or go through other means to experience motherhood. And some women did not or chose not to have children at all. During my work at GRX, I poured my heart into service here. We were trying to change KidZone from being thought of as simply childcare and transforming it into a fun, engaging learning environment, starting from birth. But the fear of being barren and not being being able to have kids of my own weighed like a cloud over me. What finally brought me to a full surrender was when our doctor recommended we consider looking at fertility treatments. The fear of the unknown gripped me, and it was a big decision to make. How much did I really want to have biological children? And what about the option of adoption? Instead, it really got on my knees, praying and discerning for which path to take. I poured my whole heart out and processed my desire for motherhood before God. And I finally came to an actual point of true surrender. It was around Easter time as I meditated on the resurrection of Christ. I remember Easter 2008. Those of you who were with us, we were still a mobile church. 
But I remember it was that time when I was meditating on the resurrection of Christ that I finally let God breathe new life in me. I took my yearning to be a mom and dropped it at Jesus' feet. God, if you want me to be a mom, you're going to make it happen. Through what means, I don't know. But I completely, utterly give up. I'm taking a break, and I'm not going to think about making a baby for a while. And a month later, I found out I was pregnant with Toby. The moment I stopped trying to conceive, God allowed me to experience the miracle of pregnancy. And I think that's the place of surrender he wanted me to get to. A complete surrender of my FOMO-OMO. God, what if I don't become a mom? God, what if it doesn't work out? Just, okay, I just completely give up. Completely give up to you. And I think that's the surrender that God wanted Moses to get to. He had so many fears. He felt like a failure in so many ways as an Israelite, as an Egyptian, just living in the desert. God wanted Moses to just let go. I mean, Moses knew he wasn't a good speaker. There was no way by his own power that Moses could convince Pharaoh to let his people go. God wanted Moses to simply surrender all his fears and step out in faith. For me, that faith step was just trusting God, that whether I became a mom or not through what means, I'm just going to take a step of faith and not try on my own anymore. God had a purpose for Moses. God's power was on Moses' side, and God provided the resources and and Aaron, the partner Moses needed, to get through to Pharaoh and make it out of Egypt alive. All Moses had to do was surrender all his fears to God, say yes, and let God work his power through him. I don't know why God had me wait when I wanted to become a mom. And I don't know why God said, here you go, one, two, three, boys. (laughs) You understand me, Mavis, right? Is she here? (laughs) But I do know, I do know this. Because of my intense longing and waiting, I am deeply moved when I see someone else become a mom, whether biologically or through the power and beauty of adoption. And I also know that it causes me to cherish the season that I have with my my three boys now before they grow up and move away. Now, did stepping out in faith completely extinguish my fears? No. In fact, a different set of fears came into place. Will I miscarry? Is the baby going to be healthy? Will I be able to push the baby out? And on and on and on. I don't know if our fears will ever go away. In fact, it was just last week that Pastor Scott mentioned that the number one commandment in the Bible is not love others, though that's important. The commandment most repeated in the Bible is fear not. Fear not, GRX. So what are you fearing in your life right now? And how will you take a step of faith to do what may seem impossible or uncomfortable? If you're not sure what it is, it may just be that one question that makes you say, no way, not me. I'm not getting into this. Is it a call? Um to talk to a parent you haven't spoken to in a while? 
to reconcile an argument you've had with a spouse? Could it be to invite a neighbor over for dinner, take on a new job opportunity, or go to school again? Could it be the call to parenthood, biologically or through adoption? Or is it to say yes to a new service opportunity? What's the burning bush in your life right now? What is God urging you to do or surrender? Whatever it may be, we can draw from the life of Moses that God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. Even when you're walking through the desert, even like Moses, if you feel unworthy a failure or living with a disability, God has a purpose for you and God's power is on your side. We can say yes to faith over fear knowing that God's power, God's power is on our side. Now, stepping out in faith over fear doesn't mean you'll be out of the desert. Moses lived pretty much his entire life in the desert. But because he stepped out in faith, Moses sure did get to experience the power of God through the many miracles of leaving Egypt and walking through the desert. When I surrendered my my fear of missing out on motherhood, that didn't take me out of the desert. I, I knew full well that it would be a struggle I would have forever, and I would continue to live in the desert. But it was a perspective shift that I had. It was a perspective shift of no longer relying on myself, but complete, utter surrender to God. God has a purpose for you. God's power is on your side. And when you surrender and say yes, God will definitely provide you with the resources and the partners you need in life to live a life of faith over fear. The title of this message is Just Say Yes. And the notes in your bulletin, I, I, I wanted to include the text to just say yes to faith over fear because God has a purpose for you God's power is on your side, and God will provide the resources and partners you need to live a life of faith over fear. Now, what would happen if each of us took steps to living a life of faith over fear? I think just like God took the ordinary objects of a bush and a shepherd's staff and made, made them extraordinary with fire and miracles, God will, and he'll continue to do the same things here. My prayer for our GRX community is that we could surrender all our fears to God to make room for him to work his miracles and power through us. So as we wrap up our ministry year theme of faith over fear, like Pastor Scott said, it doesn't end here. We still have the month of August left, and we can make this a part of the way we live as we move into our next ministry year. Please join me in prayer. Dear God, as we wrap up our ministry year's theme of faith over fear, we ask that you would move each person listening today. What is it that you want us to surrender and or say yes to? Remind us of our purpose, of your power, and surround us with the resources and partners we need to make those yeses a reality. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.